Hello, thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Chief Nursing Officer for APACN. I'm here today with APACN Curriculum Development Specialist, Jennifer LeBay, who joins us to discuss what changed from the draft REI user's manual to the final. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me, Amy. On August 22nd, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, released the final MDS 3.0 RAI Users Manual, version 1.18.11, which will become effective on October 1st, 2023. What kind of changes can facilities expect to see in this final version that are different from the draft? Well, thank you for that question, Amy, and we are very excited to get this final release. CMS has put together a very nice document that shows all of the changes from the draft to the final, and that is going to be posted at the download section of the website that is listed in the podcast description. So the bottom of the page has a beautiful document that shows each chapter, each page, each section, what has changed from that draft to the final document. In the final itself, any changes from the current version, 1.17.1, are going to be in red italics. So it's very easy to see the changes. The changes from the draft, CMS did do some updates for typo correction, grammatical issues. There were some changes, however, both expected and unexpected. So I thought we'd take a look at chapter three first, since this is the instruction for completion of the MDS sections and likely what our members really wanna know about. So in section A, there was an addition for assessments completed for other reasons, such as to facilitate billing for a Medicare Advantage plan, that they are not to be coded in A0310 as a PPS assessment, and they are not to be submitted to IKEYS. So that is a change of language from that draft manual. There was also some expected changes. There was a clarification about combining the discharge assessment and the PPS discharge assessment. In the draft manual, one area said it may be combined, and then other parts said it must be combined. So there was clarification throughout that if the last covered day of Medicare is the day of or the day before the physical discharge, that that must be combined with the OBRA discharge assessment. So there is no may, it's a must now. So that was clarified. And then there were some clarifications about the definition of community-based hospice, which was removed from the definition of a code 10 for hospice at item A1805 and A2105, which is the uh, entered from and discharge status items. Section B, there were no changes from the draft, but there are changes from the current version. So if you haven't seen any of those updates or if you haven't been looking at that draft version, there are definitely changes from the current version. So make sure you're looking at those red areas. Section C changes from the draft. There were some updated guidance in coding tips and coding instructions. For example, in C0500, the BIMS score, they added some phraseology, but not all. So when you're coding a 99, meaning that the interview was not a complete interview, 
it does state that if four or more items were coded zero because the resident chose not to answer or gave nonsensical responses, or if C, any but not all of the BIMS items were coded with a dash. So there was some added clarification there for those instructions. Section D, there were no changes from the draft. Section E, there was a minor change in E1100, just changing the name from behavioral to behavior. Section F, some minor updated guidance about skip pattern and coding instructions. Section GG, there was some updated language brought over from what we discussed earlier in Section A, stating that the PPS discharge must be combined with the OBER discharge when those conditions are met. So that's just clarifying that throughout the entire manual, all of those places where it's mentioned. There was also some language removed from coding tips in GG0170 indicating if the resident does not get into or out of the tub or shower during the observation period, use one of the activity not attempted codes, and that language was removed. Sidebar, in looking at the frequently asked questions from the trainings that were done in June, the release from CMS in August, that that is a situation where it would actually be dashed. So if the resident did not have a bath or shower during the three-day look-back period, that would be a situation that would be dashed and not an activity, not attempted code. So that's why that language was removed. Section H has no changes from the draft and neither does Section I. Section J corrected some numbering of coding examples in the draft manual. They still had the coding from the current version 1.17.1 coding so they updated that to match what is on the MDS and there was a step for assessment that was removed that states because this item asks the resident to recall pain in the past five days this assessment should be conducted close to the end of the five-day look-back period that language was removed so there is some clarification it's not a five-day look-back period this was also something that was brought up in that frequently asked questions document when asking the interview it's actually still a seven-day look-back period although we're asking the resident to discuss their pain in the past five days so that's something that we need to be mindful of as well there was also a coding tip added at J0520 in regards to the pain during the rehabilitation therapies. CMS has indicated that rehabilitation therapies do not include restorative nursing programs, and that was a question that we had had and are happy to see the clarification on. Section K had some minor updated guidance, but nothing major, no changes in Section L. Section M just updated a screenshot. Section N, there is some minor updates to guidance in N0415+. Plus, we are very happy to see that CMS has added a definition for indication for the indication of use at N0415. And this is the identified documented clinical rationale for administering a medication that is based upon a physician's or prescriber's assessment of the resident's condition and therapeutic goals. So we do have an actual definition there now. There was also an added coding tip, and this is one that I've been very happy to see because this has been a question for years. When coding an anticoagulant, 
we are not to include flushes to keep an IV access port patent. So if we're doing a heparin flush for an IV line, that does not count as an anticoagulant as in N0415. Section O, there was an update to the name and the section header to match what's on the item set related to isolation or quarantine for active infectious diseases, does not include standard body fluid precautions. So that was just, again, aligning what was on the item set. There was an updated screenshot for therapies included here and revised wording in the O0500 restorative nursing program examples to reflect section GG terminology. There had previously been some section G terminology still lingering, so that was updated. Section P had no changes from the draft, and Section Q had a minor name change in the section header for Q0490, the resident's documented preference to avoid being asked question Q0500B. There were also some changes throughout some of the chapters and appendices that are worth noting. Chapter 2 once again updates the language about MDS completion for other payers, similar to what we saw in the Section A. Other payers may require the HIPS codes or other MDS data for billing purposes. However, facilities must not code assessments done for these purposes as PPS assessments in A0310B and A0310H or submit these assessments to IKEYS. So that's an important update. Chapter 4 had some updates regarding triggering conditions to align with the CA and CAT data specs, but there were some errors noted that were identified in the SNF Open Door Forum, so we are anticipating to see a couple of changes soon related to that. There was also updated language for CA 20 return to community referral as to what triggers that particular CA it added different codes so resident wants to or may want to talk to somebody about returning to the community as indicated by Q0500B equaling one or nine. There was some additional minor guidance updates to Appendix C, Appendix E, and Appendix H. And then in Chapter 5, we have a new crossover rule added. So this is similar to when PDPM started in October of 2019. This is a situation where there is a pretty big change between assessments with an ARD of September 30th and assessments that have an ARD of October 1st and beyond. So this crossover rule says that an assessment reference date cannot be modified to change from a date prior to October 1st to a date after October 1st. And this is kind of a rare situation. Anyways, I think a lot of people don't realize that an assessment reference date can be modified. There are certain situations where maybe it was a typo or maybe you know the information was truly based on a different date, but this is very clear saying we cannot do any modifications to that assessment reference date to change it from a September date to an October date or from an October date back to a September date. So that's an important thing for facilities to understand. We can still modify the assessments, but we just can't modify the assessment reference dates to change those dates. So that's an important thing to understand. Thank you, Jen. That's a lot of information. 
How will the updated instructions in Chapter 2 of the RAI User's Manual regarding other payers that may require HIPS codes for payment, such as Medicare Advantage plans, impact facilities? Well, this is a question that I have myself. This little addition into Section A in Chapter 2 was a little bit of a surprise. I think APACN is going to be working with CMS just for some clarification. But this was a question that was also asked in the SNF Open Door Forum last Thursday. And basically what CMS stated was we would need to create a different type of assessment with our software vendors in order to complete these assessments. And this is going to create a bit of a time crunch, I think. It's not clear at this point what CMS's intentions are because these are not submitted assessments. When the draft originally came out, we interpreted their language as to say, well, these shouldn't be submitted, which is always what has been the case. Any PPS assessments completed for reasons other than a fee-for-service payer uh, for Medicare should not be submitted to IKEYS. And this takes it another step further. So I think we really need to speak with our software vendors and find out, is there another method of creating these types of assessments for the Medicare Advantage plans or other insurers looking for those HIPS codes where we're still going to get the same information on the assessment to calculate that PDPM score? So I still have some questions myself, and I believe we are going to get together and reach out to CMS regarding this. My question is, does IKEYS have the ability to create the same assessment? So we still have some questions related to that point. Thank you for that information and clarification, Jen. I look forward to hearing what CMS has to say about that. In addition to releasing the final manual at the end of August, CMS also released a fifth version of the version 1.18.11 item sets. What was the reason for this update to the item sets? Well, Amy, there have been a lot of questions put forth to CMS. They had their training in June and they created their frequently asked question document. So as some of the requests for additional information and questions have come in, they have realized that some things needed to be updated. So after getting that data from the review by the stakeholders, updates were made to the item sets to make sure that the item sets matched the data specifications, and the final manual instructions. Some of these changes included corrections of erroneous lettering and numbering, typo corrections, as well as corrections to skip pattern language, completion language, incorrect labeling and formatting. The details of these version 5 changes can be found on that same CMS page that is linked in the description of this podcast. Thank you, Jen. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners today? Absolutely. So October 1st, there's a lot of things going on. So in addition to the final RAI user's manual and item set that was released effective October 1st, CMS has also released an update to the optional state assessment user's manual in August and the item sets for those states requiring its use. That is also on that same web page that is listed in the podcast description. So if you are a state using that optional state assessment, make sure you take a peek at those minor updates. They're listed right there. 
there. And also, don't forget that ICD-10-CM codes for fiscal year 2024 are also effective October 1st. And the PDPM ICD-10 mapping tool has also been finalized, which excitingly added the new Parkinson's disease ICD-10-CM codes to the dysphagia category for the speech-language pathology comorbidity mapping, which is great news. So a lot of good things coming, and we await CMS's response to some clarifications, it sounds like. So thank you for joining me today, Jennifer. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse assessment coordinators, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NACCHAT podcast.